to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. going to continue talking about going the distance. Going the distance. It's going to be a life-changing series for every one of us who will apply the principles to our lives. So many times we've got good at taking notes, but that's as far as it goes. Great to take notes, but you know what? The whole idea of notes is that you'll read them, learn from them, and implement them in your life. And we discovered on Sunday that wrong perspective will always lead to wrong implementation. But sometimes we have the right perspective, but yet we don't carry through the action. And I really believe you need to make a commitment to be with us each and every time throughout this month as we share. And don't miss it. And if you do, grab a CD, listen in online, because this is an investment from which you will see reward. Tonight, I'm fully aware of the fact, or the fact I'm fully aware of tonight is this, that there are people in so many different stages, perhaps, of relationship. Some are maybe looking. Some have found what they were looking for. Some wish they could lose what they've found. Some are hurting. Some are regrouping from a breakup, a divorce. And then there's others who, they're not looking, they're not really doing anything. They're just waiting on God and they're trusting for God to bring them their number two. So tonight, wherever you may be in regards to that, there is a common denominator. Whether you're married or not married, there's a common denominator. And that common denominator tonight is you. Is you. It's you. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. The title of my message is Your New Day. A new day. Your new day. A better you or a new you is a better you. When you are renewed and you have a new way of thinking and a new way of living, guess what? You changed will make the right decisions for your life. You changed in your marriage relationship will change the environment. And you can look and say, if only he would change or if only she would change. What about if you would change? You see, we change the environment when we have a new mindset, when we're a new person. And guess what? A new you will pick yourself up and face another day with confidence. If you're hurting and you're wounded, just a revitalized you can take on a new day. I want to tell every one of you tonight, you haven't blown it. It's not over. You just need a fresh start. I don't care if you've been married 20 years. Tonight, you need a fresh start. I'm not talking about going out and finding someone new. I'm talking about having a fresh start with your wonderful wife or husband that you have right now. But here's the first step that we've got to take to be renewed, and that is this. We've got to learn to receive again the unconditional and transforming love of a good God. To be able to receive his love. I'm reading this incredible book. It's called 
Love, sex, and happily ever after. And I want to read a passage out of this book. And it says this, maybe it's time to be born again, again. I'm not suggesting a second salvation experience. Instead, I'm suggesting you revisit the love of God as if you were learning about it for the very first time. Begin to examine his grace, and not just for the lost who were found, but for the found who have wandered away and got lost. No matter matter how badly you have messed up, your sin is never bigger than God's saving love. Think of it this way. Nothing you can do can make God love you more or less. Nothing you can do. Oh, but Pastor Philip, you don't. Nothing you can do can make God love you more or less. Why? Because love is not what God does. Love is who he is. We see that in 1 John 4 and verse 9. And it talks about who is God, or verse 8, sorry. It says, he who does not love God does not know God. For what reason? For God is love. He is love. Look what it says in Jeremiah 31 and verse 3. In the middle part, it says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. How incredible. You know, we can have messed up. We can be messing up. We can look and think our life's a failure. But we've got to remind ourselves the first step to a new you, the first step to a new day is to understand God loves us and God forgives us. A lot of times we struggle to understand that, to accept that God can and has forgiven us and that he truly loves us. And as we discovered Sunday, in not fully understanding and receiving that, that the fact that God loves us, it affects our number two and how we treat others. If we don't put God first in our life, it affects the way we treat our spouse, our future spouse. It affects the way we treat others around us. And I said this on Sunday, without him first, what comes next will never quite work, including our relationships and marriage. I want to give you three key areas, I believe, that stop us from fully receiving God's love. And through not being able to receive fully his love, it stops us from giving his love. Area number one, are you ready? When we live in shame. Living in in shame. There's a lot of Christians today that are living in shame. Why is this so dangerous? I'll tell you why. Because shame isolates and separates every one of us. If Satan can get you to feel alone, the rest is easy. He can haunt you at his leisure. Let's quickly go back to the beginning where it all started, where the problem began. Poor Adam and Eve. Say with me, poor Adam and Eve. We're good at blaming them, but again, I say, thank God she ate the fruit, because if she hadn't, I would have probably by now. And you're all holy because you would have probably beat me to it, so I don't know what you're talking about. But look what it says in Genesis 2, verse 25. Talking of Adam and Eve. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, And they were not ashamed. Another translation says they were naked and they felt no shame. What an incredible place that must have been for them. There was no fear of the other discovering something that they had done or hadn't done. 
There was no worry. There was no regret. There was nothing to be found out about. Nothing was wrong. Adam and Eve had each other and they had God and there was nothing that had worked its way between them in any shape or form. Sorry wasn't even invented then. It wasn't even part of the vocabulary. They didn't have to say sorry because there was nothing wrong that they had done, said, or even thought. But then they were tempted to sin. And did, both of them, they sinned. And as a result, the Bible says their eyes were opened. But look what the first thing that happened. In Genesis 3, verse 7, we see this, and it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and they made for themselves a covering. First thing was they covered themselves. What was the second thing? We see in verse 8 that they heard God come, who would come to them in the cool of the day. And what did they do? They hid themselves from the presence of God. Because of sin, they covered. And because of sin, they hid themselves. You know, today that is still our response to shame, that we'll cover it and we'll hide it. We tell ourselves that separation and isolation makes us feel safer. Why? Because when we withdraw and we separate and isolate ourselves, then no one ever has to know the shame of the past, the skeletons in our closet. They never have to know the real you or we don't let them know the real you. We don't let them know what happened. In other words, listen to me, A wedge begins to form. You know what the purpose of a wedge is? To divide things. If you want to divide two things, you can put a wedge between it. But you know there's something else about a wedge, and that is this. It not only divides, it can also be used to keep divided. What do you keep a door open with? A wedge. It keeps things apart. And you see, as long as we begin to hide, guess what? Our Father cannot clean up our mess. And as a result, you know what happens to all of us? We begin to wallow in that mess. There's a story I heard about parents who were trying to potty train their children. And a lot of you can remember that when you were trying to train your children. They didn't get it at first. But you know what you would discover after a time? And that was this. They had a hiding place. That when things were happening, they would go to. And they would go there and you'd be looking for them. And then all of a sudden you would realize. And when they finally realized what they had done, they would sheepishly come out from that hiding place. For what reason? Because they needed for you, the parent, to take them and clean them up. To clean up the mess that they had made. You know what shame does? It isolates us from a God that wants to clean up our mess. It keeps us from a God that loves us so much. You know, there's nothing that you have done and nothing that you could ever do that will shock God. I want that to sink in. Oh, I can't. How can... There is nothing that you or I could ever do that can shock God. But yet we cover it, we hide it, and we end up wallowing in it. I believe it's time for a new day. 
I believe it's time for us to get cleaned up. Because while we've got shame in our lives, we are killing any chance. Not that it's impossible, but we're killing the chance of us having relationships and marriages that goes the distance. Why? Because we'll never fully give everything. There'll always be something that we're holding back from giving our all to God and to our spouse and to those around us. Let's be real tonight. Perhaps you have used people. And in the process, you've hurt people in relationships, selfishly and even sometimes cruelly. Perhaps you've developed a lifestyle or you've lived a lifestyle of deceit and lying and you found yourself hanging out with the wrong crowd and you've done the wrong things. Maybe tonight your sexual past haunts you. Maybe you had an abortion. Maybe you've been molested or maybe you've been abused. Whatever it is today, you feel shamed for it. Or you feel ashamed of it. But you've got to remind yourself this. God has forgiven you. God has forgiven. If you have asked, you are forgiven. God doesn't want us to carry that shame because it's going to affect our lives, our families, our futures, our homes. You know when it says that God has forgiven us, that means he doesn't hold it against us anymore. You're no longer guilty of that thing that maybe you did. You're not guilty of that thing or act anymore. We've got to let go so that God can heal Every one of our wounds. God can lighten your load. You just got to stop hiding and covering those things and come clean with God. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from part of it, most of it, no, all unrighteousness. Tonight, whatever sin, whatever shame is burdening you, the confidence is we can give it to God. We can confess it and He'll forgive you. He'll forgive you. And when God forgives you in His heart, it's gone. Isn't that incredible? That's why I think Celebrate Recovery is such an incredible program because, you know what? A lot of us carry the shame and we carry the guilt and we ask God to forgive. But there's principles and things that we need to begin to apply to our lives. And you know what else really helps us? It helps us many times to talk to someone and have accountability with someone that can help us and remind us many times, you don't have to be ashamed any longer. What's in the past is in the past. And now God can use it for a testimony. You're with me tonight. Here's a second thing that can hinder us. Living in deception. Living in deception. Or maybe said living deceived. Deception is one of Satan's most powerful tools. If he can convince you of falsehoods, he can keep you from God's truth. Say that one more time. If he can convince you of what is false and what is not real, 
That stuff will keep you from experiencing God's truth in your life. And here's how Satan works. He tries to deceive you into believing that what you do or what you did is who you are. In this book that I was reading by Craig Rochelle, he says it this way. Satan falsely equates the external with the internal. Your actions with your identity. Let me try and explain that tonight if I may. Guilt is what? Guilt is feeling bad for something you've done. Or maybe something you haven't done. So guilt is feeling bad for my action. Therefore, truth, or therefore guilt, is truth-based. Everyone agree with that? But what is shame? Shame is usually something that is a lie that is based from Satan to deceive us in feeling that way. Guilt says, I did something bad. Shame says, I am bad. Guilt said, I made a mistake. Shame says, I am a mistake. You notice how Satan takes those things and he twists it and lies it and he makes us believe that the external now is our identity and what we are. The wrong things that we've done is now who we are. And we cannot shake those things. He wants us to be deceived, to believe this is all it's going to be. It's never going to be any greater than that. We've been going through this the last couple of weeks with Luke. He's had a rough couple of weeks. And what we've had to stress to him over and over again is, Luke, you're not a bad kid. You're just making bad decisions. But so many times, what do we do? The shame of what we've done begins to control us and tell us it's not just the bad things we've done. We are bad to the core. Come on, Satan begins to play with us here like perhaps never before. The guilt and the shame, the past, the things that we've done. He shames us with those things to the fact it becomes our identity or he convinces us that's who we are. Satan loves nothing more than to deceive us into believing something that is not the truth. And when we are living in deception, when we are living like that, It's going to affect every relationship that we'll ever enter into or any relationship that we are in. Here's the truth. You are not what you did unless you choose to remain there. Listen to me. You are not what someone else did to you. You are not what happened to you. Listen to me. You are... Who Christ says you are. You are who Christ says you are. And can I tell you what Christ says you are? 1 Peter 2 verse 9. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His special people. Come on. You are chosen. You are royalty. You are blessed. You are loved. You are accepted. You are forgiven. But shame tells you all the opposite to that and deceives you into believing a lie. How could anyone ever love me? I'm unlovable. (coughs) Living in shame. Living in deceit. 
and deception. Here's the last one. Are you ready? Number three. Are you still with me tonight? Here's a thing that will rob us from really entering into the fullness and relationships and going the distance. Number three, when we live in the past. Shame, deception, past. Living in the past. You know what I'm now about to say, and you can repeat it with me. You can't change your past. But your past will change and affect your future. If you let it. It doesn't have to, but if you let it, it will. We've got to break from the shame. We've got to break free from the shame. We've got to break free from the lies, the deception that Satan has told us is what we are. We've got to break free from the guilt of the past. We've got to break free from the skeletons of the past. I want you to think about this. Nothing you can do can change it. Talking about the past. Listen to me. I want this to sink in tonight. Nothing you can do can change the past. No matter how much you pray, no matter how much you wish, and no matter how much you hope, your past is still going to be the same. Am I telling you the truth tonight? Quickly, a story of David and Bathsheba. David one day saw her. He then took her. He then laid and slept with her. And he hears that Bathsheba's pregnant. He tries to cover up. He has a great plan, but Uriah doesn't follow, which is Bathsheba's husband, doesn't follow the plan. So David has to resort to plan B, which is not a good one for Uriah. And he has him murdered and he has him killed. This wasn't just any old bloke. This was his champion. In fact, if you would read the mighty men of David, Uriah the Hittite is listed as one of David's elite men. This wasn't just any old person. This was one of the crew, one of the top dogs. But he had him killed to cover up his deceit. So let's look at the list. Lust, selfishness, deceit, betrayal, adultery, and now murder. That's quite a rap sheet right there. Nine months later, the baby's born. David thinks he's got away with it. But then a prophet walks in called Nathan, tells him a story. You can read this whole story in 2 Samuel chapter 12. Tells him a story. David gets mad. But Nathan, instructed by God, finally tells David these words, your baby is going to die. Your baby is going to die. So what happens? A child gets ill. David falls on his face. He doesn't eat anything. He's devastated. He cries. He prays. He prays. He cries. He cries. He prays. He's weak with all the anguish as he's crying out to God. And then he sees a couple of servants walk in and they've got news of the fact his son is dead, but they're afraid to tell David what's going to happen. Look at the anguish he's in now. We're going to kill the king. David realizes what they're talking about and says, the child is dead, isn't he? And they said, yes, sir, he is. David gets up, he showers and shaves, he eats, and then he goes to church. And you know why? 
Listen to what he says in 2 Samuel 12, verse 22 and verse 23. David says this. He says, While the child was alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. What we have just read is David grasping a hard reality, and that is this. I can't change the past. But he also understood this, that you and I can choose to walk forward in the light. The rest of the story is he went in and the Bible says he knew Bathsheba again. They slept together and they had a son and that next son was Solomon. We can't change the past, but we can choose to walk forward in the light. Let's think about our lives and what we've done in our lives. Maybe we've gossiped. Every one of us has gossiped at one time or another. We can't take back the words that we spoke. But we can apologize. What about this one? Your virginity. After you lose your virginity, you can never get it back. But you know what? You can choose to live in purity and honor God from now onwards. This is a tough one, but I want to share this tonight. Maybe you were molested or abused, where your innocence was shattered. That historical fact will never change. You cannot make one choice for that person who did that horrific act against you. But today you can choose to accept the healing of God and that healing that God wants to give you. But in order to get the healing, you've got to let go of the past. Though your past is fixed, Christ can and he will change your future if you will let him. Romans 8 verse 28 is an awesome promise. It says, and we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Notice what it says, and we know that all things. You know what that all things also includes? Those all things also include all those things that you wished had never happened to you. Those things that you wished you had never done or been a part of. God says that I can take all those things and what Satan has meant for evil in your life, I can turn it around for good. That I can make it good. That I can make it good. If you were to read tonight Matthew chapter 1, listed in Matthew chapter 1 is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And listed amongst all the generations there, you will read two names. One David and one Bathsheba. How incredible is that, that even how much they messed up. God still saw fit 
to include them with another prostitute called Rahab that God put in the lineage of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what's happened. It doesn't matter what you've done. All that matters is this day forward. This day forward. Shame, deception, the past. They're all such powerful opposers and destroyers to going the distance in your marriage, in your relationships, in your future. And if we allow shame and deception and the past to still live inside of us, they will destroy any future and present relationships that perhaps we have. We said this Sunday, it's not the person, but the persons. Plural. You and I are included in the problem, but listen to me, we are also part of the solution. What do I mean by that? The problem is if we hold on to these things, we're going to destroy what we have ahead of us. But if we'll uncover ourselves and stop hiding from God, stop wallowing in those things and realize there's forgiveness in God, no matter what's happened to us, what we've done, there's forgiveness in Him. That we can be made free. We can be made whole. You know, tonight I had every intent to break up and to go into small groups and to talk about this. But you know what? I feel God's leading us in another direction tonight. And that is this. I I really believe that it's time that we find somewhere to pray. Because I am conscious tonight there are a lot of people. You see, we're dealing about marriage. We're dealing about relationships. And and I know what some of you are thinking is, come on, Philip. I mean, I thought you were going to give us ABC if we do this and do that. But listen, we can talk till we're blue in the face about you in a relationship and in a marriage. But guess what? If you're broke, your relationship's going to be broke. Come on, let's just be honest. If we don't put God first, like we talked about Sunday, we're wasting our time. But even in putting God first, if we don't fully surrender the hurts, the past, the pain, the deception, all those things over to God, we can never fully move on and be the person that God has called us to be. We're always going to be the problem instead of the solution that God created us to be. God created us to be the solution in our marriages, not the problem. God created us to bring happiness and fulfillment to each other, not to hurt and wound and harm each other. But while we have shame, while we are deceived, while we're living in the past, we can never fully embrace it. Oh, we can taste moments of it. But Jesus didn't die upon a cross for you to have moments of truth. Jesus died upon a cross for you to live in truth. And Jesus died that the truth that you begin to know and you understand and apply to your life, it's truth that will make you free works in you to set you free. Fred, perhaps you could find a CD for me, could you, and some music. But before we do that, I want to pray for every one of you. Just as we go, I just want to really pray for you tonight. Because I believe marriages are going to be healed and relationships are going to be healed right now, tonight. I believe that we're going to go home different people for our spouse. We're going to go home different people for our future marriages and relationships. Why? Because we're breaking free from the past. The deception. 
the external that has become the internal. Remember we talked about that? Those things that Satan wants to say, just because you did that, that's now who you are. You may have done bad stuff, but that doesn't make you bad. You may have made a mistake, but you're not a mistake. Your identity is in God. Let me pray for you tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone in this place. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.